Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. On LOL Radio with Joff and Tice, it is time for us to investigate the weird, wide world, and it doesn't get weirder than Australian politics. So joining us on the phone from a brand new book that was released just yesterday, we have on the phone Tosh Greenslade. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hello, how are you doing? Not too bad. Uh, welcome to LOL Radio, and thanks for having a chat. Oh, no worries. Um, so, congratulations on the ScoMo Diaries. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks very much. Um, it's probably, yeah, not, not the biggest achievement uh, <laughs> in, in the last two weeks. I've, I've got a two-week-old baby as well. So oh, wow. Congratulations. Somewhat, <laughs> yeah, it's been somewhat tempered by that. I was like, oh, yeah, the release of the book, that's the biggest thing that will happen to me this year. <laughs> and then a baby happened. It wasn't a surprise. It yeah, was yeah. Like a surprise baby, but, you know. Well, that is well, it's extra, extra so. congratulations in there as well. Well, thank you very much. We, we won't make you pick between the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going to tell her that. <laughs> well, listeners of the show would probably best know you from having many faces and many voices on Sean McAuliffe's Mad as Hell, which I'm assuming is where a, a lot of the humour for this particular book has come from. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I probably just sort of absorbed, because I don't actually write for Mad as Hell. I mm, don't yep, yep. act on it. Yep. Um, the, the writers we've got on Mad as Hell are better at doing their job than I <laughs> yeah. could ever hope to be, and so I don't even try. Um, but I think I probably just absorbed a lot of the, the tone just through osmosis, and, and also just growing up. Like I, I was a massive McAuliffe fan growing up. It, it's just sort of informed by who I am and, and what I watched as a kid, really. Yeah, definitely. So the book, The ScoMo Diaries, is about uh, Scott Morrison's first 18 months in the coalface. How much of it is actually fact? Like, it's <laughs> obviously, there's, there's obviously a truth there, but how much of it is actual information? <laughs> well, a lot of, like, it's, the way I wrote it is I went day to day uh, with the news websites. Um, so I just went back on, the, on each individual day, looked at what happened in the news that day, looked at what happened in Parliament, and then just wrote a bunch of jokes about it, basically. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's it's not it's probably not terribly accurate in terms of the way he actually thinks, <laughs> um, but still inspired by uh, by what actually happened. And and then it's just a chance to rip on everybody in Parliament, basically. Yeah, I did enjoy one of the lines in there that uh, I'd only been PM for one day, so we shouldn't really Google the the news poll on that day because those statistics wouldn't be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is. It's a very, very funny read. Oh, thank you very much. It, uh, it, it's just insulting, basically, it's just <laughs> me taking an opportunity to insult the entire the entire parliament yeah. um, for a good two hundred odd pages. That's the thing. It is. It's balanced. You you kind of have a go at everyone, which is good. <laughs> yeah, even people that aren't in parliament <laughs> haven't got to read it probably more than anybody else. Um, with political satire stuff, there's always. Uh, 
kind of you've got to kind of really know what you're going for and and kind of there's always little angles and stuff but there is so much absolute insanity happening uh not just in australian politics but in world politics obviously america and stuff like you've got the stuff with, that happened with the four seasons uh landscaping thing in america it's almost like someone is writing that at the moment <laughs> yeah that's why i'm i'm happy that i i was writing about scott morrison rather than someone like trump i think yeah. trump is is too much like there's there's sort of too much going on there for anything that anyone could come up with to be funny yeah but the good thing about morrison is he's sort of so committed to being the average everyman nobody yeah that that he's sort of made himself a blank canvas like i can paint as much comedy into him as i want because he's so deliberately avoided having a really big personality in public yeah the only thing that you really sort of get from him is the hints of, I don't know, pomposity and, and, yep. and arrogance that, that he can't help but show. Yep. He can't help but show his ambition. He can't help but show how self-satisfied he is. And yep. so he sort of, he just is one of the great comedy characters. He's, he's like a combination between David Brent, yep. George Costanza and Arnold Rimmer from, from yeah. Red Dwarf. <laughs> there's, there's all these sort of... It's a man who has been given a job that is too big for him, yeah. but which he thinks he deserves. Yeah. And that's what's so funny about him. Yeah, that's it. Do, do you ever worry about meeting some of the people that you kind of, like, you know, with Mad as Hell as well, that you kind of take off on the show? On Yeah, I'm probably quite terrified of meeting Dutton. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I would ever want to meet Peter Dutton just because I don't know what would happen. I think he might, I don't know. Put me on a list or something. <laughs> probably already on probably it. Probably already on it. Doesn't really matter if I meet him or not. It's yeah. gonna send some people around in the middle of the night to put me in a gulag. <laughs> uh, now you've uh, partnered up with Andrew Weldon on the book. What was it like uh, the the partnership there? So basically, I, I I got a big list of illustrators when I yep. signed on to do the book, and they said, "Here's a bunch of illustrators. If you know anyone else." go for it but um yeah maybe have a look at these to start off with yeah. andrews was the first name on the list and everyone after that i was like oh they're just not quite as good as andrew are they yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it, his style was just sort of i don't know there's, there's an element of schoolboyish anarchy to it yeah. like it just it just feels a bit naughty everything yeah. he's doing and i'm like that's that's the perfect time for the book and so they sent, I wrote the manuscript, sent it off, and then about a month later, all his illustrations and his cartoons and his little doodles for the margins all came back in. And yeah. I was just blown away by it. And I was like, right. So if nothing else, people can buy it for the cartoon. <laughs> they really are. Like, it, it's worth the price of admission alone. Yeah, that, that was what I was going to say. It is, it is almost like you know, a, a written report thing and then you've just got these little doodles like a diary would be. So it's, it's yeah, absolutely. It's, it's almost got that Diary of a Wimpy Kid feel to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, with, it's with like the Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Adrian Mole, that sort of, that yeah. sort of area. He's, ScoMo in the book is very much a 14-year-old boy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so, uh, of course, the 18 months that has uh, come to pass, do you feel like uh, ScoMo's got a sequel to him? I certainly hope so. I hope it sells enough that I can because every single day that feels like lately something (laughs) comes up and I'm like, oh, God, that'd be good. That'd be a nice little addition. But thankfully, the book cuts off right before COVID. Yes. So it's a really nice sort of end point, I think, knowing what's coming next, uh, but without without Morrison himself knowing what's coming next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
But I think, yeah, I could I could easily do, I'd quite like to write COVID-19. Yes. <laughs> yeah, nice. my diary too. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that is de- definitely a sequel waiting, yeah. <laughs> waiting in the wings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the book is officially out now. It was uh, launched yesterday. It's it's in all good bookshops, possibly uh, online as well. Yeah, I, I think it's available everywhere. If you get the audio book as well, Francis Greenslade from Mad as Hell. Oh, nice. I got him to read it in his um, in his Morrisony voice. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, so that's that's a real treat. <laughs> the the other Greenslade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> it, it does feel like very much Mad as Hell on paper because. You, you've really captured the the essence of the the larrikinness and the yeah all the the character comedy you guys bring to our screens. We very much enjoyed the book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. With with that in mind, very quickly, I know it's been with COVID such a, a different year for Mad as Hell, mm. uh, going audienceless and things like that. What was the the vibe around the studio when it all hit? I think. Mainly we were sort of happy to have jobs because yep, for, yep. for a long time, that was the only time I was allowed to go out of the house, mm-hmm. yep. um, especially because I'm in one of the suburbs that was locked down before the rest of the state. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a really nice little escape from the world yep. where we'd sort of all get in this little studio and, and do what we did. The first few weeks were probably a bit more challenging because it was we'd had an audience for eight years yes, yes, all yeah. of a sudden so it was probably 110 episodes or so um, and all of a sudden that that element to the show was just gone completely removed yeah. um, we didn't have any laugh track we didn't because you don't want to be sitting there with somebody Forcing. with a, yes. with, a yeah. with a laugh button hitting it every time that you're supposed to be funny because yeah. the way that uh, we film the show the way that Sean and Gary pick what goes into the show yeah. is they'll see how the audience reacts. Yes. So we'll usually film probably twice as much as we need yeah. and the audience will tell us what's good and what's not and maybe what goes a bit too far and what's not. So I think that's the other thing about the show. Without an audience to go, oh, it's probably got a bit more savage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think probably, uh, yeah, we haven't been pulling our punches as much because there's no one there to go, that's a bit much. Yeah. Um, Good though, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I mean, like, like, because I remember watching to you know the first few episodes where there was no audience, and I was just kind of, oh, this is this is very different and very. But like, I still loved it, and it, and it's it has really transitioned. And, and I know there's there's some uh, some shows that are still being produced with no audience where they've put in you know overdubbed applause and that stuff like that. And it's like there is definitely a uh, a fakeness to that that you're just kind of like oh I'd, I'd prefer the realness of like a mad as hell where it's you know yeah it is I think it we is. found a way to work with it as well rather yeah. than working around it we we sort of work with it so there's a character I do called Chris Lorax who does the Daily Te- Telegraph puns yes the, the headlines yeah um, without an audience I can just wring as much tension out of those oh, yeah. <laughs> as, the, as I possibly can there is no one there to break that tension it's <laughs> so, so good yeah Sean can just make me were. Um, so I think they're actually better without an audience. Yeah, because it is um, that, that awkward silence of, uh, is this a joke? Did you just do <laughs> yeah, a joke exactly. here about this this horrible thing that's happened? Oh, that's... The worst part is people don't think those headlines are real. They're like, oh, that's so funny. You're making fun of the headline. Yeah. Uh, that, that's like a similar headline to what they'd have. And it's like, no, no, those are the actual <laughs> that's headlines. The actual. Yeah, that's those it. people have no soul. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh, it's crazy stuff. Well, thank you so much, Tosh, for having a chat 
out now. Uh, ScoMo Diaries, my first 18 months at the coalface. And uh, yeah, as we said, really recommend it. Very, very funny read. That classic mix of uh, mad as hell humour. Your uh, first foray into the the writing scene. Yes, yeah. Or oh, the first, yeah, first uh, first move into book writing. Mm, I've yeah. written a few scripts over the years, but nothing that's actually <laughs> that I've been paid for. So. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And uh, we're going to take a quick break here on LOL Radio, but uh, a copy of the podcast will go up on the LOL Radio Facebook page very shortly. Thanks again, Tosh. Thanks so much. Cheers.